Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Flip the Switch. In this episode, we sit down and talk to my wife, Kelsey, and jump into how she became a hygienist and really spend the first part of this episode diving into pivotal moments, um, moments of clarity, and reasons why hygiene became the career path that she chose to go down and what it was like from all from the first time she was able to pull teeth to finding her university she went to and just diving into and dissecting what that was like um, and kind of what that experience was while we were dating, engaged, and getting married. So there's a lot to unpack in the first ep- first part of this episode, which I really enjoyed. And even though I experienced everything, it's still really cool to reflect back on it as a supporter husband to Kelsey because there was a lot of stuff that she was either experiencing or thinking that at the time I never really either asked or saw or just experienced because of her different perspective. Uh, In the second half of the episode, we dive into Kelsey's beliefs of what a high achiever is, what she does to flip the switch and relax after a long day of work and of being a high performer. And it's really, it, it was really cool to have this opportunity as again, a husband, a best friend of Kelsey to have this conversation in a way that we don't typically do um, when you're in the day-to-day grind. I want to thank you again for sitting down and listening to this. Again, this this means a lot to everybody that's already listened to the first couple episodes. Um, I do call this episode two, even though it's episode three, but please excuse that slight oversight. One thing that I think is really powerful is Kelsey touches on the the power and the importance of writing achievements down. And I'm really looking forward to sharing that piece of knowledge with you because I think it's really powerful on what that can do for our perspective, mindset, and just overall mental health when we're dealing with so much in the day-to-day that we take moments to acknowledge and express things that we've achieved things that have gone right. Um, but then also taking that a little step further and, and things that we're grateful for. So thank you again for sitting down. I don't take this lightly and I appreciate everybody that, that does take the time to even just listen to a part of the episode. So here is the interview with my wife, Kelsey Lopez. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Mason and welcome to Flip the Switch, a podcast where we focus on what happens after people turn the switch off from their high performing work days and choose to focus on self-improvement. During the season of Flip the Switch, we will be interviewing people from all walks of life, taking a dive into their mindset, rituals, drives, and piecing together why or how they have ended up where they're at. During these podcasts, the first half will be a casual conversation and allow us to get to know the interviewee. As we continue into the conversation, I'll aim to uncover the secrets, habits, and intentional steps people have taken to achieve their success. My goal is to share this so that you may be able to piece together your own habits to form success down the road. I thank you for choosing to take this journey with me and hope you find value in just one of the interviews. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back everyone. This is episode two of Flip the Switch with me, Mason Lopez. I'm honored today to be sitting across from one of my best friends 
and my wife, <laughs> Kelsey Lopez. Um, so in a second, I will let her introduce herself. Um, I've known Kelsey for, is it 12 years now? Uh, uh, do the math, 2008 is when we started dating. So that's 10. 12, right? 11. 13. No, 13. Almost 13 years. 13 years in September. Well, that's Old. good. That's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> Almost half our lives. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's go ahead, uh, introduce yourself, and we'll just get started. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Kelsey Lopez, and I I do a lot of stuff. I'm many different people, and I'm your wife, and I'm honored to be here. So this is going to be fun. What do you do? What do you do for work? We talked about this. <laughs> I'm not just a dental hygienist, and that's would have been my answer previously. But what I do is I change the world one smile at a time, and that might sound cheesy or corny, but like at the depth of me, the depths of my being, like that's truly what I believe I do. Yeah. So, yeah. And for those of you who don't know, um, I'm going through a leadership course right now, and so that's where. Kelsey's referencing that because <clears throat> I was assigned to make up my own mission statement, which I'm still struggling with. Yeah. Um, but I was able to help Kelsey with hers mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty yeah, quickly. Um, and so, yeah, so <clears throat> I can definitely speak to that, that mission statement, though, because um, since I first met you to just watching you grow over these last 12, 13 years, you're definitely someone who has a big heart and it's a lot about making people smile and feel good about themselves. And so it's just natural that one of that, one of those ways is through helping people smile. Yeah. So I, I, in my day job work at an ad agency and when we work with dentists, that's a very common goal of, them or the hygienist mm -hmm. is helping people gain their confidence back with their smile, which a lot of people don't realize that sometimes you can be really self-conscious with a crooked tooth or oh, yeah. things like that. So, yeah, it's uh, probably one of the biggest things that, like you said, people have, you know, concerns about with their, their look, their just their physical attributes, you know, is their smile. And it's, there's like this picture that came up on Facebook once and it's like, spot the one thing wrong. And uh, the, it was something like there was something wrong with the teeth and that's what you first went to, but also like they didn't have eyebrows. Oh yeah. They did, like, didn't have eyebrows. Yeah. They had like an extra thumb <coughs> and something else. It was like <laughs> they, really yeah. like very oblivious, like obvious. I mean, uh, very obvious, but you, the first thing you saw was like a missing tooth or something like that. So it yeah. just, it reiterates that, you know, your smile is one of those first things that people do notice about you. And even though it is, you know, it's not necessarily, it's vain, but it's not in a way, you know, you, you want to be confident and that's how, you know, a lot of people unfortunately judge you at first, yeah. which is good and bad, but also you just want to put your best foot forward, you know? So, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like you said, yeah, it's one of the first things because it's eye level. It's your, looking people in the eyes, hopefully when you introduce yourself mm -hmm. and when people talk, it's just natural to kind of gaze at the mouth. Yeah. I don't know. No. Yeah. Well, and when I first decided I wanted to be a dental hygienist, it wasn't, you know, it's, it's evolved since then, but I originally started just because, um, it was a great career path. I was young. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And 
I knew I didn't want to, you know, continue my business degree like you did because we both got our associates at NIC after high school and I decided that accounting and economics was not for me and you were phenomenal at it and I could not even get through it. So, um, yeah, just wanting to be in the medical field, but not really sure what that looked like. Um, talked to a couple friends who were going into the nursing program at NIC and um, definitely decided that was not for me. You know, I, every single nurse out there, whichever, you know, profession or career path they're in are angels and amazing. I say that to people all the time, but um, the dental hygiene world or dental world was definitely more my pace and I didn't have to do a 12 hour shift overnight. So shout out to all you nurses out there doing overnights. Yeah. So take us back a little bit. Like how, like you, you did the interviews, you talked to people, mm-hmm. you decided to go into the hygiene route. So where'd you get your degree? What was that like? Just give us a little backstory on that experience. Yeah. So like I said, you know, we finished NIC back in, uh, 2011, I think. And after that is when I started really just contemplating like what I wanted to do going forward. I started shadowing, um, some hygienists, my hygienist I had at the time, um, a really, uh, a close family friend, but he was also my orthodontist, Dr. Mike Chafee. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people in the area know him or have had him as an orthodontist. He was my orthodontist and close family friend. And I shadowed him for a day at his office and, we had, you know, went through the whole day and I was like, oh, I think, you know, I really want to do this. I want to be an an ortho assistant. I want to come in and work with kids and like, you know, help people smile again, you know, because that was like the the major change that you would see. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it takes maybe like a year or two, but you see that before and after picture and some cases it was four years. <clears throat> Some cases like you had headgear. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was a whole experience. But There's no, I, I get what you're trying to say. Like, the before yeah. and after is very prevalent. Dramatic. It's, it was a dramatic difference. And most, you know, everyone was happy with their, you know, experience. You know, you just got to get through it. So anyway, you know, I talked to him about being an uh, orthodontist assistant and coming, you know, to possibly work for him because he was such a, is such a great person. And he, I, I remember so distinctly him pulling me into his office after I had shadowed and he's like, Kelsey, you know, assisting is great. You know, they do an amazing work, but I really think you'd be better fit for hygiene. I was like, Oh really? Uh, okay. Well tell me more about that. And he's like, well, you know, it's, it's a great career path, especially if you want to have a family. Um, you know, the income would definitely help supplement as well, even if you're working part time. And he's like, I just think you would do much better off in, in that kind of environment. You're, you know, you know, just, I had those attributes that I could, because as a hygienist, I, uh, you're mostly in your bubble. You know, you work with a doctor, you work with, work with assistants, you work with the whole staff, but, um, you're in your bubble most of the day. It's you, very much a like self-motivated, <clears throat> very yeah. like individually responsible for your department slash your charts, all exactly, of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. It's I'm the I'm a provider. I have more responsibility. Um, a lot of people don't realize that I think about dental hygiene, and 
not not that it's bad that they get get you know hygiene confused with assisting. It's you know everyone in the office does an amazing job, but it is it's nice to like talk to people about it who just don't know. Like, yeah, I have a bachelor's degree in dental hygiene, and they're like, oh, you had to go to school for that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, actually, <laughs> they don't just give me these sharp tools and let me go at it in your mouth. So that would not be good. But well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where there is that sense of education because I mean, I'm still, even though I'm, we're, I'm married with you. <laughs> we are married. That was awkward. <laughs> um, there's still stuff that I'm learning. Like there was a huge learning curve yeah. just as your husband, as you're going through school. But what was it? I mean, you kind of gave the the bow like presentable story but like I know that there were times not as drastic as me trying to figure my life out and and what I wanted to do to before I went to school and all of this Mm -hmm. happened but what was it like just not fumbling but like that sense that period of time where there is that what do I do with my life moment like we like you said we we went through all the motions that you're supposed to go through. We graduated high school yep. with good grades. We went to college, got our associates with an emphasis in business, mm-hmm. like a good solid foundation. But then we're both still left with now what? Yeah. Like, what was it? What was it like? I mean, were there other things you thought about? Was there frustrations that you kind of faced? Was there a like, just like a, not anxiety, but just like, yeah, frustration about before you kind of, before it kind of clicked as far as like, okay, hygiene was the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, f- I feel like I did fumble a lot just deciding if this was the career path for me. Um, especially in those, like that year that I was shadowing. Um, and then after we graduated NIC, I decided to go back that fall again and start at least taking more science courses. Cause I knew whatever I wanted to do, it was going to be in the medical field. Like I'm, I was just, super guided to that. I didn't know what it looked like, but I was like, okay, well, if I at least start taking science courses, that'll help generally with what I want to do in the future. Um, so yeah, I mean, that next year was like just a little bit more soul searching, you know, you know, being in your early twenties, you, if you know what you want to do right out of high school, more power to you, more power to you. Cause that is a changing time in your life from 18 to 24. I think they say, Whoever they are, they say that <laughs> those magical wisdom people, <laughs> they say that that's the time you change most in your life. You know, you're, you've grown up, um, going to school, you know, you've done the same thing for however many years you're in school for, um, very regiment, like exactly no routine. matter what you wanted to do, it was a routine. You had to do it. And then you're like, all right, go, yeah. go survive by yourself. Yeah. yeah. 18 years, 17, 18 years old, you graduate from high school and you know, some people, feel that expectation to go to university, college. Um, Some people don't and get a job or an externship or entrepreneurship, which is awesome. I mean, I think any path you decide to take is great. But for myself personally, I felt, I pressured myself because I knew that at that time in my life, getting a degree would really help me in the future. And I'm, I look back now and I'm really glad I just didn't go straight to a university right out of high school because of, you know, in that time, that was the 08, 09 recession when everything happened. And I know if I would have gone to school and didn't know what I wanted to do, I would have been in a whole much, lot more of debt <laughs> yeah. and probably just still unsure of what I wanted to do at the time. So yeah, um, with 
you know, everything we kind of experienced in those couple years, it, it really was when I went on a missions trip with my church at this, at the time, Lake city community church, we went to Honduras and I, it was a medical missions trip and there was a dental unit and Dr. Aaron Elliott was, um, the lead dentist of the unit. And I remember asking her like, Hey, can I help? Like, can I be in the dental unit? Like, I think I want to go into the dental world. So I'd love to just experience this and see what it's like. And I mean, it was a great experience. Um, I was able to like (laughs) me, like having no prior knowledge at all or experience in anything dental related. I was able to pull teeth. I injected people with anesthetic. (laughs) I, I, I cleaned kids' teeth. Oh, that was a hard, uh, I I had to pull some teeth on this little like five-year-old. It was really sad, but you know, like they're in a third world and they have no other options. Um, so when these, you know, missions come down and provide these services for them, they have to get everything done, you know, that they can in this short period of time. Yeah. So when it's, it's, I mean, I remember you sending pictures of what was going on cause I didn't go. Um, but I remember like you sending pictures and then coming back and you just couldn't stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it definitely <clears throat> something, something flipped. Um, in regards to like flipped the switch. Yeah. In regards to like, you just could tell like that was the career path you wanted. And I remember that when you came back, you're like, okay, like finding out which school I wanted to apply for and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but I want to kind of backtrack a little bit because the more you were talking about going to the medical field and just knew you wanted to go in there and everything you're leading up to the point of now today's time, it's funny that, or at least I see it now when you say, helping people smile, Mm -hmm. um, like that's sprinkled in to all of the stuff that you've done up to this point. Yeah. Because even if you didn't go into dental hygiene, a lot of times people in the medical field help people smile again. Yeah. And so it's something that you can just tell has been on your heart or just like that one of those foundational pieces, Mm -hmm. whether you consciously knew it or not, was always kind of driving you, which is kind of cool to see that all kind of come full circle. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I mean, you go ahead and just a little bit more in regards to like, what was it like from figuring out like, okay, hygiene is it, Mm -hmm. was it as simple as just going into like applying and getting in or like, what was that, Uh that experience like? (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) And it's funny because you ask these questions, but you know exactly like what we went through. I mean, you were in the trenches with me the whole time. Um, but no, so, you know, got back from the missions trip, decided this is what he wanted to do and started searching for schools. Um, just kind of, you know, Googling dental hygiene schools in my area. Uh, Eastern Washington has a, um, a program. At the time it was like just starting, I think. I, I, it was pretty new at the time. So it was a very, it's a very competitive field to get into. Um, a lot of women, especially, I mean, it's more of a woman, woman dominated field as far as the hygiene goes, which it just is what it is, but, um, very competitive field to get into. So I remember going to the Eastern admissions and, um, talking with the admissions lady and because I had maybe like a couple lower grades, lower being like a B plus. (laughs) Yeah. I think your lowest grade was like a B minus. I think not even, I mean like B, B plus and psychology (laughs) kind of thing. They, they told me 
straight up, they're like, Hey, if you want to apply, you need to retake all these classes to get like 4.0 or above just to be able to, you know, apply almost. Yeah. And I was like, accepted. Yeah. I was like, uh, (laughs) I don't want to just go to school for a couple more years just to raise my grades to apply to a school. Yeah. Like that's, doesn't sound good to me. Um, so I, during that time I talked with a couple hygienists who like had been, you know, their name had been given to me from other people and stuff like that. So I was just talking with them like, you know, I really want to do this, but it's such a competitive field. I don't know what to do. And one lady like this to just, and I tell this to all hygienists who I talk to now or who are applying for school. Um, she said, apply to any and all schools that you can and whichever one you get into go. (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, once you get into a school or a a program for dental hygiene, uh, maybe not other fields, but as long as you get through the program and you get certified, um, and you're accredited and all that, everything in the real world is the same. Yeah. I mean, there's, you'll probably touch on this, but I know that some states allow you to do more things than others. So like, that's really kind of, but yeah, as of right now, really you can only clean uh, someone's teeth yeah, a couple ways. So (laughs) there's not a lot of different ways of technique or education. There, there are different things that when it comes to actually, you know, doing therapy with a patient, like obviously there's different grades of periodontal disease and, you know, like different types of therapy we do have to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, once you get through that program clinically, everything is pretty much the same once you get into the real world. So, um, I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna try to apply to a different couple different schools. And I ended up, um, my mom and I took a trip in like 2012 because Carrington College was over in Portland at the time. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and so we took a trip there because you know I thought I wanted to go there and went to it and it was, it, I just got a weird vibe when we toured it because first of all, it was in downtown Portland and it was at the Lloyd Center, which is like a huge mall yeah. in downtown Portland. It was like one of the almost like just shops. I remember yeah. you saying it was like, it was, you walked into the mall and then just, in, walked into the into the place. school. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this just doesn't feel like a school, <laughs> you know, not my idea of a school. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, it's a great school program, whatever. But I just didn't feel like if I wanted to invest all this money into going to a school, I want to like enjoy where I'm going to be for the next two years. You yeah. know, that's important to me. And so that's why some of the Southern schools that I in Idaho, I just didn't really want to go to anyway, because spoiler alert, there's not a lot to do down there. Southern Idaho. <laughs> It's just not as pretty, you know. It, Boise, Boise yeah. is a good option, but yeah. I don't even think they had, they either didn't have a program or it's not. Um, no, it was, there might be one down there, but ISU has a prog- program in yeah. Pocatello and I was just like, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so it was funny because we left that um, building and we were heading to the coast for the night because well, of course it's the coast. We were only an hour away and I'm like, well, mom, we might as well stay on the coast because it's beautiful. And so as we were driving on the Sunset Highway out there, I was like, well, there, I'm pretty sure there was another school out here I remember researching called Pacific University. And I told my mom, I'm like, I think it's just right off the freeway. We can just go check real quick, you know, see how it looks. So we did, and my gosh, I just remember driving into campus 
And it's like these huge, gorgeous brick buildings and maple trees, you know, just, oh, I mean, Portland and just, you know, more of the Pacific Northwest that near the ocean area is just beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous. I mean, it rains a lot, but that's why it's so gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did, did you, and I, I don't know if we ever clarified this, but when you did this, mm-hmm. you were visiting your actual building, right? It wasn't the actual, cause there's, there's the medical campus and then there's the actual campus. Yeah. So, so we were, there's the, we were visiting the health professions campus cause there's two different campuses. So the yeah. main one is in Forest Grove. Mine was in Hillsborough. <laughs> so we got there, we were able to actually talk to an admissions lady and when it wasn't planned, I think that's no. yeah something to touch on. Like you guys, like you said, just, we're going to go there, walk around. Yeah. And when you first walked in, everything was kind of closed up. Yeah. The, it, was it was like, like off, it was like their, their time off, time off or time away. Yeah. It was like spring break or something like that. Like they weren't in session or in school at the time. And so we were just walking around and found the admissions building and talked to, um, I still remember her name, Leah. And she just gave me such a great vibe. I just, loved we loved talking with her she was super friendly and kind and gave us all the information and I leaving there I was like this is where I need to go like I feel like this is where God's calling me and you know I I don't feel I hadn't really felt a lot of times in my lives in my life that God had really you know pulled me to a certain area until that time yeah you know there's been a few times here and there but that leaving that campus was definitely a time in my life where I was, I knew that this is where I needed to go for some reason. Um, so yeah, I think you actually called me on your way to the coast. You were like, Hey, I just left this campus. It's beautiful. And it's only an hour away from the coast. And I was like, okay, well that's why. (laughs) Well, yes, that's a big part of it because it was so close to the coast, but again, it was, I had a feeling and yeah, I kind of just went with it. It was good. So, um, so jump, jump, jump in the story to, I mean, there was, I think almost two months from finding out that you were not accepted, but you were a part of the, the group that was going to get interviewed. Right. And so kind of give us a, a good, um, like when that started and then what it was like, and I'll, I'll probably jump into, but like what it was like getting into the school. So yeah. spoiler alert, you got into the school, but like, <laughs> yeah. tell us that story and, um, I mean, highlight some of the anxious, anxiety, yeah, little bit of like nervousness. Yeah. So. So I, yeah, got back home, you know, started really honing in on the prereqs that I needed for that school. Um, since they are in a more um, diverse area, yeah. as you'd say, I needed to take some other classes as far as like Spanish class and stuff like that, because there was a big there is a big migrant farmer community there. Yeah. So all these different classes to um, apply for this school. So I was really honing in on Pacific. Like and part that. of the reason for the for the language was because part of the program, you as students, you kind of offer services in order to better yourself. So it's kind of like, so it is in a way for them to help the people around yeah. the area. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the clinic that, um, is that the school is 95% Hispanic speaking migrant farmer community. So you needed to know Spanish. 
<laughs> at least dental Spanish, you yeah. know, t- turn your head to the right, turn your head to the left, open your mouth, swallow, you know, those yeah. kind of things. Um, so yeah, focused on the school, um, got my prereqs done, applied. We were in Hawaii at the time. I remember I finished my application, sent it off, hoped for the best, tried to enjoy our trip in Hawaii without. That was the, the first one when we yeah. were on. Cause we had just gotten married in 2014 and I applied for the school. Oh, yeah. We did go over there. Yep. I forgot about that time when Sarah and justice were there too. That was gotcha. the last time we were in Hawaii. That's been Ugh, how many years? Six that years sucks. now? Seven years. Oh. But I wasn't, was I already in, I guess I was already in school because I just, yeah. T- a small tangent. I remember being in Hawaii having to do calculus. Yeah. Because you're doing classes still. Ugh. So, never again. Anyways, <laughs> never again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, anyway, applied, sent it off, you know, hoped for the best. Um, and I can't remember how quickly I got it back, but I got an email saying, congratulations, you've been selected for interview day. Oh, okay. Interview day was like two weeks. It was like, I know it was a pretty quick, like. It was a quick turnaround. I think yeah. it was a month. It's like, okay, you come come in a month. I'm like, oh gosh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we found an Airbnb. Got I got time off, luckily. Mm-hmm. We drove over. Um, yeah, and just give us a little bit, like, what was that experience like? How many, I mean, how many people did they invite? How many people were they accepting? There was, I think there was two, two different weekends of interview days. And so when I was there, I mean, the whole room was filled. So gosh, 60 plus people at least. Yeah. I want to say you, yeah, you mentioned about like 60 to 70. Yeah. And then they only accepted like almost less than half of that. Yeah. So like your class was only like 30 some people. Right. Yeah, we only had 32, 31 by the end, I think. Um, But yeah, I mean, that interview day, dang, (laughs) I was a puddle. I was so nervous and just because I knew this was like a life changing point for me. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was a fork in the road because it's a pivotal point because of all the different schools. Yeah, Um, I, I don't think I let you like touch on this, but every school had different prereqs. So yeah. it wasn't like, cause I was coming from like, yeah, just apply to every school. And you're like, well, I, I can't. Right. The prerequisites for Pacific are this, the prerequisites for this other school is this. So like, yeah. if I want to apply to all of them, I have to take a bunch of schooling. So this was your, this was literally your one shot. Yeah, This was, everything was in this basket. All of it was riding on, on these, this weekend. Yeah. So as much of, as everybody says, like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like I did. they were all here. Unfortunately, this I was it. did it. <laughs> and yeah. as a husband, it was like, obviously I knew you were going to, you were going to kill it. And I was definitely like praying that everything went well. But at the same time, there was a large part of me was like, I don't know how I'm going to cons- console you. Yeah. Like if this doesn't happen, because, and it's, it wouldn't have been the end of the world, but it would have been a very like defeating yeah. experience hearing like, sorry, we've chosen to go a different direction and right. you haven't been selected. Like, yeah, you could have gone back to school and tried again, but it just would have, there would have been a, there would have been a like losing all the wind in your sail moment. Right. And <clears throat> I was very nervous on how to navigate that because I had no idea. Yeah. Um, so not that this is about me, but no, but it's one of those it, things where it's like, it is. yeah, like how like, we were in it together. I mean, <laughs> it was like very early in our marriage. Yeah. This was like setting us up for like where we are not now. Yeah. And it's like as a fumbling 
mid 20 something, like, I don't know how to console my wife, like in this moment, like yeah. I'm still learning how to be a husband. Right. Like, so yeah. no, that was huge. I mean, you were, I mean, I probably don't tell you this enough, but through that whole, through our whole marriage, but through that time period specifically, especially being newly married, like you said, we were still trying to figure out each other and yeah. figure out how to be the best wife and husband we could. And so going through such like a defining time in our lives was very scary and you were very stable through the whole time, even if you didn't feel like it on the inside. But I just thank you again for that. Um, but yeah, it was like you said, if if this didn't happen, I I didn't really know what I was gonna do. Yeah. This was kind of like I had taken the prereqs, I had interviewed, I had shadowed, you know, for the last two years. So then what, if I didn't make it, yeah. it was just like going to be defeating. So I went in and I crushed my interview. <laughs> crushed it. I crushed it. I mean, there, there are times in my life where I'm like, no, I, it's okay. I was okay. I like, no, I did a really good yeah. job. You f like, I remember you like, you carried that feeling yeah. like after like yeah. going home, like the entire time you're like, yeah, I feel really good about how that went. Like, yeah. And so. it was, it was, uh, it was a professor and like a previous student. Yeah. So each, each interviewee had a, a staff member from the school, an employee from the school or, um, and then, you know, like a, um, an alum, a previous student or something yeah. like that. So, um, yeah, I remember talking to them and, I brought up my experience in Honduras. Yeah. And which going, I'm convinced was oh, yeah. huge. I think so because I remember telling them about that and just what you know, even if you know, that was the turning point where it made me decide that I wanted to help people in that regards. Yeah. But it also just like opened my eyes up to the, our world, honestly. Yeah. And how we live so differently in the US of A, you know? as opposed to other countries around the world. So I think just explaining that to them was, I remember the student, so like there's a professor and the student and she's she looked at me and after I had said something, she's just like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I got it. <laughs> I got the emotional score. I got the emotional one. And so, yeah, I mean, I am proud of myself for that. Like, yeah. I'm not trying to be cocky by any means, but I take your win. Yeah. I, I knew I did well. And so I was very relieved leaving that building knowing, you know, this is, could potentially be my future and I feel like it's going to be. And yeah. when I got the, um, call, I was at work. So yeah, you heard it on a voicemail. Well, yeah. So she like called and they're like, we try to do all these calls in person or, you know, at least to call you on the phone. Um, so she left the voicemail, but I was at work and I remember getting an email and the email said, and it was from the school. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> and the first line was congratulations. I'm like, I don't need to read anymore. I know I made it. And I was at work still. I'm like, I can't be super excited. <laughs> but everyone knew I was applying. And so they yeah. were all very excited for me. And I went out, I, no, I think I went out and called you. No. I might've been working too. You were at Starbucks so. and I tried to call you. Yeah. And then after work I went and told you. So yeah. So yeah, I mean, just that sense of relief and knowing that I had made it through. When well, you're, you're like that. your hard work paid off. I think that's exactly. the big thing is like yeah. everything built into right. that one moment. So yeah. like, even though, when you're living your day to day and 
even day or even week to week, like we don't see everything coming together. Yeah. And that was the moment where everything came together everything and did. it was just, okay. Like I was right. I felt like I felt led to this point. It yeah. happened and it's huge. So, yeah. um, and there's so much more we could talk about in regards oh to Portland <laughs> and all of that, which I think is enough for another episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I've been rambling, so. <laughs> no, it's been good. I, I think, and the reason I wanted to highlight that story is because there is like, as much as we like to like give the elevator pitch of that, of all the highlights and all of the wins, like there was a lot of frustration, doubt, hesitation, yeah. anxiety, like uh, lost feelings mm -hmm. in there, like trying to fumble through that. And like, like you said it earlier, your early twenties is, for a lot of people, just fumbling years. Yeah. Like you're trying to figure things out. You're trying to become a person. You're trying to become yourself. Like, even though we're always changing, like yeah. there's so much pressure from society and parents of like, yeah. you need to go to school, you need to get a degree, you need to figure this out. You need to like, what are you gonna do with your life? And you're like, I don't know. Like yeah. I'm 20 something years old. Like I'm not supposed to know. I'm gonna live the, like I always, I had zero call to go to college. And mm -hmm. so like, I had always this idea like, I have 40 more years of my life to figure this out. Like right. I'm not going to work into this system that, I mean, even before it got, before it got popular <laughs> to hate school, like I just, I didn't, I didn't agree with it. Like I've always been someone who's like, okay, like I'm just going to do what they need me to do because I know that that equals an A. Like yeah. there was never a, oh, I really wanted to like learn this, memorize that, regurgitate this 20 years later. I was like, no, like I just know that they need to hear this or see this and I'm going to get a grade and mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to like move on. There was never a sense of purpose in school, yeah. which can sound really sad to some people, especially like if there's teachers listening to this, but like <laughs> there were very little, there was very little influence for me to like care outside yeah. of the fact that I just know I need to get good grades to get out of here. Yeah. Well, I think that's because that's what society had idealized for us was yeah. good grades, go to college, get a good job. You yeah. know, that's not the way the world is now. No. That's and not I feel like what it, our parents grew up in. You know, we yeah. are in a very different world now. When I think like that, those years of us graduating high school and in 09 and like going to college, like that was kind of the beginning of yeah. school's kind of overrated. Like the, the kind of the feeling certain, that everyone has now. Certain like, types of cer schooling. Yeah, certain yeah. school. Yeah. But like the idea of the the early school system yes. is like, okay, something needs to change. Well, I like, think it's a, a big part of it now. It from when I'm looking back as well. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I'm very happy and blessed <laughs> to know that I didn't go to university right out of high school. Yeah. You know, some people do most, a lot of people do. Well, and you is, wanted to, I wanted there to, was a, like, I was the one like, well, what are you going to do? And you're like, I don't know. I just feel like yeah. I need to go to university. I'm like, yeah. okay, well, like <laughs> there's a couple thousand dollars of debt just wanting to go to university. Couple, so a couple $10,000 of debt. Yeah. And so it's just, it's hard. Cause a lot of people do go to school, which is fine. Yeah. But if you don't know what you want to do, don't feel that pressure. Don't feel the pressure just to jump into a 50 to $100,000 debt plan. You yeah. know, like it's, it's ludicrous that yeah. kids, kids at the age of 18 and 19 are making these hundred thousand dollar decisions, you know, yeah. whether and it's, whether their parents are helping them, whether they're doing it on their own, like working through school yeah. or whether the government is supplementing them, like it's still debt yeah. no matter what, unless you guys are just, you know, 
rich off of your butts, but <laughs> which is fine. Like even like, but yeah. even then, like, but still, like, money, what are you paying yeah, for? Yeah, could be you better know? served for other stuff. So exactly, yeah, but. you're right. So I don't know. I'm glad that I went with a technical, more a technical degree. Yeah, and it. I mean, at this point, we've almost paid it off. Yeah, which is awesome. So. It, I think it's As just of right now we can't pay anymore. That's true. But that's for, that's, that's another for discussion. Other it's things. fine. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, I think a big part of it is just that the, the realization of debt in your life, you yeah. know, if, if kids were taught in school in high school and in college or, you know, before college about debt and like the repercussions of it. Just a little bit. Just like, a little bit. Yeah. We had nothing. Because kids you know, at that age are taught you know, again, go to college, get a good job, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But what if the market crashes? What if there's a pandemic? Like who's essential? I wasn't even essential last yeah. year. I couldn't work for two months because I wasn't essential. Yeah. And this was happening in, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this, 2020 yeah. during uh, yeah, COVID last shutdowns. Year, 2020. So, so it's, it's crazy because you never know what yeah. can happen. And you're and like, it, oh, I'm, I'll be fine. I'm recession proof. This yeah. job is recession proof. You never know. No, And I think that, I mean, obviously, like you said, like you never know, but there's as much as you can, like, I think what we'd like to encourage is just thinking about as much of the big picture as you can. So yeah. like, how can I stack the odds in my favor? Cause nothing, nothing's a hundred percent. Yeah. But how can I stack the odds in my favor that I'm as secure or safe or right. as I can be. So, but, um, yeah, that's a whole, whole other podcast. <laughs> um, so I asked a couple questions leading into this and I'm just going to kind of touch on those and, and talk a little bit about that. So we've already been going for about 35 minutes. So wow. yeah, it's just feeling like we're, you know, talking. Yeah. feels like our, our pillow talk days. Oh, so. I forgot about those days. Yeah, those are pretty good. We can, I mean, yeah, there's a, obviously with us being married, there's a lot that we could talk about, but yeah. So I asked, um, what does it mean to be a high achiever to you? So I'm just going to read this and then I'm going to let you kind of expand on a little bit. Okay. So you said continually striving to lead, grow and gain knowledge in each area of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think what stands out to me is you say each area. It's not like an, an area or in your job or in your personal life, like each area. So my question to you is which area do you feel you've most done that with? Most achieved? Yeah, most achieved, most grown, gained knowledge, led by example. Ah. <sighs> I mean, obviously my career has yeah. been something that I've um, held in very high regard for my, you know, the last however many years since school, you know? And I mean, for us, especially these last three years, like yeah. our careers have definitely been a focus point. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, my career has been such a, a huge achievement for me and I think a lot of people do look at their career or like their schooling as that high achieving thing in their life. Yeah. That's what most people just focus on, you know? That's what we're told to focus on. Exactly. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, it's, you know, that's, that's what a lot of people do focus on, which is fine. And me being that type of person, I definitely have focused on my career and, yeah. um, 
achieving in those areas. But like I said in that question, you know, personally, I think it's all areas of your life. You know, a high achiever doesn't just focus on their job and really succeeding at their work or really succeeding and focusing on, you know, X, Y, or Z. Like it's, it's your whole life and every certain area of your life that if you're really achieving, you should be achieving in all of these areas. Yeah. Family, marriage, uh, spirituality, um, work definitely. Um, so yeah, I, even though on paper I have a bachelor's degree, I'm a dental hygienist. I've been working for X amount of years now. I make X amount of money. You're also a lead hygienist now. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I am a lead hygienist now. I mean, on paper, I've achieved very much in these past couple of years, but honestly, like I had a kid last year, you know, it's pretty high. That's a high moment. That's that high was achieving a moment. Huge achievement. And for every single mom and dad out there, like you understand <laughs> that achievement of just keeping your child alive is huge. Yeah. <laughs> so, Feels like almost every day. I Every day is an achievement. So, but people like other people who have children know that, you yeah. know, and maybe even if the world doesn't see that as an achievement, it's, um, it is, you know, and you, you don't know until you have kids, you know, whether they're yours or not. But like once you start raising kids, you you certainly realize that the achievements that you have gotten to in your life. Yeah. <laughs> maybe aren't that important, you know, and well, I think it just puts things into perspective. And does. like you said, there's yeah. always that like, OK, I, I'm I'm excelling in my work career right now, but mm. I just had a kid. So I need to kind of shift perspectives and shift focus to where like obviously you don't want to be like, okay, I'm just going to coast. Yeah. But the career doesn't become the hundred, hundred percent thing. Like right. before we had Xander, we had each other and we had our career. So it's like, okay, like we have a good balance and a good handle on yeah. us time and kicking ass in our careers. Yeah. Cause that's that was what just, we knew. Yeah, that's it was an easy balance. Yeah. We were able to achieve as much as we could because yeah. we had the time, <laughs> the time, to yeah, do it. energy, energy. <laughs> yeah. the sleep. We had sleep. Oh, sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I, I, I mean, it's important to point that out because especially from what I've seen, just from the person I met and dated, fell in love with, got married to, like you've grown so much to where, I mean, we're both victims of being a little too hard on ourselves at times. And luckily <laughs> there's very little, very rare times where we're both in that moment of being like very harsh on ourselves. So it seems like anytime that you're going through that, I'm there saying like, no, you like, you just did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, like you're good. And then I even just had like a random moment last week where Mm -hmm. I was just like, ugh, like feeling defeated and stuff. And you're like, no, like you have to remember, like you just did this, this, this. And so it's been very honestly really nice Mm -hmm. um, having that balance. Yeah. But I think it's, obviously like important to have someone who is a cheerleader, whether you're married or not, whether Mm -hmm. you have a significant other or not, like you should have family members or friends or someone there being a a cheerleader for those moments. Cause no one's perfect. Everyone's going to have like, I don't care if you're an owner of a million dollar company or um, super famous on a podcast or whatever you're doing, like you're going to have moments of self doubt or imposter syndrome or like, lack of confidence, whatever you want to call it. And so it's important to have those people around you that can lift you up and just like, not 
pull you through those times, but just carry you and like remind you. So Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like all that said, I definitely can see how high of achiever you are. And I mean, as we can continue to experience life together, like it's Mm -hmm. definitely a part of like, okay, like not only how do we get to the next level, but also like, how do we continue to protect ourselves and balance? (laughs) Yeah. Balance from these self doubts and Mm -hmm. just the gunk of anxiety, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and like I said the other night when you were kind of feeling down on yourself, I'm like, I think we should honestly start writing these things down because yeah. you do tend to forget everything that you've accomplished. Like, yeah, you remember the big things. Like I graduated, I got a job, I had a kid, you know, but yeah. th- it's all those things like in between that you forget about. And just like writing, you know, like a gratitude journal is really important. Yeah. Um, I, I think do, I do that every day publicly. Well, yes, you do do that. You do do that. <laughs> um, I think writing down your achievements is just as yeah. important because you can fall into those pitfalls of, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm not achieving anything. I'm not putting any content out. I'm not, yeah. you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever. Yeah. And so if you can, gosh, with our lives just being so busy all the time and you well, with, know, I mean, you social media and yeah. I mean, everything that's in your face, whether it's like, Oh, look at my perfect moment or look at all that stuff. But like, besides that, like that's an easy thing to blame, but we're also just busy. Like we enjoy being busy. We enjoy hanging out with friends, going on dinner dates, Mm -hmm. having like friends and family. Like we're very, or I mean, I'm very extroverted. (laughs) And so there's times where you're not, but like, I've definitely pulled that out of you. And it's important to have those times where we just sit in bed and talk and just decompress things like that. And you definitely hit on something that I even heard the other day where it's like, it's so easy to remember the hard things. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast and he said, fear is easy. Mm. Hope takes work. Ooh. And it's just like, yeah, it sucks, but it's so true. Cause your brain immediately goes like, Oh yeah. Like remember the last time you messed up? Like kind of, kind of, kind of crap the bed on that one. But like <coughs> you have to consciously like, remember or even like write down like your successes. Yeah. And I think if, uh, again, if you're, you know, writing them down or even saying them aloud to someone, you know, like a spouse, significant other parent, whoever, you know, it, it helps you to remember them, but also makes them more real. And it, and it lets someone else be accountable. Like if you're, if you, if you don't share your wins with someone, then when you're having a rough moment, like they don't have as much ammo. That's true. They just have to like, go off of what they feel or what they've happened to know. But yeah. if you're telling someone your significant other, significant other, best friend, whoever, all of your wins, mm-hmm. they can rattle those off because it's a lot easier for you to remember someone else's wins yeah. than it is your own. That's true. So <laughs> that's also another point, but. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, it's so true though. So get a journal and write down your achievements and also your gratitudes. I mean, yeah. it helps you just to become a more obviously grateful person, but it's been proven that if you write down what you're thankful for every single day, even the small things like, yeah, I mean, I've gone to the point where I just like, I mean, part of this course that I'm in is writing the gratitudes every Mm -hmm. day. And there's some days where things are happening and it's like, yeah, like, like last week, it was really easy to write down recorded first podcast, published first podcast, (laughs) um, had X amount of listens, but then there's other, they were like, I'm really thankful that we have sunshine or (coughs) I I even went as far as saying like, I'm really thankful for the smell of rain on asphalt. Like 
first off, it's a great smell. <laughs> it is. Second off, I like agree. just remembering those little things, oh, like the classic, sure. everyone's heard like stop and smell the roses. Right. Like there's so many things that yeah. you can be th- grateful for and thankful for. And 95% of those things you just take for granted. Exactly. Like, I'm grateful that I woke up this morning. Exactly. Like that's huge. Like you woke up, you did not die in your you sleep. You did not die, <laughs> which there's so many things that could go wrong. Exactly. At any moment. Oh and so gosh. things like that. But yeah, it's important. It is, especially if you're a high achiever. Yeah. I think it's probably more important for you to remember the small things and the things that led you to where you are now. Yeah. You know, because high achieving people are a different type of breed. <laughs> I think, yeah, they have, I mean, that's definitely like the tendencies of work workaholics exactly. and yeah. like going on to the next thing. Like, okay, like, cool. We signed this. Like for me, I know I'm a victim of cool. We signed this client, like, but I need to sign another one. Yeah. And you're next? like, yeah, you gotta stop and like acknowledge right. what you've done, whether it's launch a website or mm-hmm. sold X amount of product to your, uh, hygiene patients or saved someone's smile in some way yeah. or, incur like something like yeah. or had someone rave about you to your boss like yeah. those are those are all huge moments to remember and have exactly um so kind of the all of that being said we've talked about a lot already mm-hmm. um but i do want to make sure so the whole goal of this podcast mm-hmm. is discussing how high achievers how people that are high performers mm-hmm. um flip the switch in the sense of after they get off work after they kind of quote unquote turn off the work brain if that's even possible for some people <laughs> yeah like how do you how do you relax like what does what does kelsey do after she hangs her coat up locks the doors of the office and gets in her car and drives home like what is what's your go-to uh, silence <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's kind of a blessing in disguise that i have a 30 minute drive to and from work um most of the time i'll just yeah, if it's been a really long, hard day at work, I'll just not even turn the radio on and just, you know, zone out on the freeway, which probably yeah. isn't very smart. Well, I mean, you're but yeah, quote unquote zoning out. You're yes. just not thinking about much. Yeah, I'm not like trying to focus on the music or yeah. the radio announcer, you know, I'm just decompressing. Yeah. And so it's nice to have that time just to sit and relax. And then, um, yeah, I mean, getting home, well, it's different now because I'm a mom. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I get home and I can't, I can't necessarily just go and like lay down in bed or watch a TV show, you know, no. do those kind of normal decompressing things until Xander goes to bed. So but, when, yeah. but when I get home, like half, 75% of the time, you're there with him mm-hmm. and I pull in the driveway and you open the door and oh, it makes me emotional thinking about it, but it's just um, seeing him recognize my car and <laughs> I can't hear him, but I see him mouth mama and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Usually his arms are like wide open yeah. and he's got a and he huge grin. He just gets grin. so excited yeah. and that like is cliche, but it rejuvenates me. Just yeah. the love that he, especially now when he's like, he notices us more. He, he knows us. He yeah. sees us and recognizes this kind of thing. Um, it's so rejuvenating even after a long day at work, hit, like just being able to pick him up, hug him and talk to him about his day, you know, yeah. like, like he's getting to the point where he's like, 
he can say like, oh, my day was good. Like yeah. we'll say, how was your day? And he'll be like, good. Yeah. Or like, what'd you do? Like I played, like yeah. things like that. But I think kind of what you touched on, it's such a powerful pers- perspective shift because mm-hmm. most people, when they hear, oh, I have a 30 minute commute, they ugh, like they're yeah. begrudgingly and like they're, they're anxious about it. And it's just not something that they enjoy, which yeah. I mean, it's fine. Like some people don't like long commutes. And I think that's kind of a blessing in disguise again from our time in Portland where 30 minutes is nothing. I was driving 45 minutes to and from work. You were, you were riding the bus either 30 to 35 minutes to and from school. So, but I think it's powerful to remember that you could choose to be frustrated about that drive. Mm -hmm. You could choose to be filled with more anxiety or frustration or get road rage or all of that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. but you choose to look at that as, no, this is my time for me. Like this is my time to decompress. This is my time to just almost just like let everything from the work day or from the mornings just kind of like fall off your shoulders Mm -hmm. so that even though you touched on like Xander rejuvenates you, like there is a, there is part of that drive that allows you to just simply like breathe. Yeah. Which is powerful because again, it's, it's a perspective thing. You could choose to have it one way or another and you choose the one that's better (laughs) in my opinion. Yeah. Um, More positive take on a a commute. Yeah. You know, and then like touching on like when Xander welcomes us home, like he's going to do when we get home from this, like Mm -hmm. that gives you that boost of energy and allows you to, in a way, just not worry about work and not have to deal with like, Oh, I forgot to do this or I forgot to do that. Like, no, like none of that, none of that that matters. Yeah. Well, and it's also nice that I have a career that I can literally flip the switch Yeah. and leave work at work and come home and just focus all my time on you and Xander and my family, my friends, you know, there are things that, you know, I'm thinking about in the back of my mind, especially now with my role. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like, oh, well, what could we do, you know, with social media? What could we do with this and blah, blah, blah. But I know a guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we have connections. Um, but it's, I mean, with you and me comparatively, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you come home and you still have work emails, you know, people, that's your, that's your communication is through. Yeah phone, computer, which is on you all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's, <clears throat> I, I'm most likely going to do like a small episode of just like talking about it yeah. from my perspective. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where different industries have a natural flip the switch. Yeah. Um, and, but I think everyone can still deal with the same issues of you could choose to do social media or mm-hmm. work on organization or like sit there in your mind mm-hmm. and think about how do I organize this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to launch this? How are we going to talk to patients about this? Like, how can yeah. I do this better? But there's still, again, that, <coughs> that conscious decision yeah. to flip the switch. And so I just think it's powerful to hear different perspectives of kind of what that's like. So, yeah. And I, you know, there are a lot of mundane things I do at home as far as helping me relax. You know, like I said, you know, when Xander goes to bed, watching our shows or just mindlessly scrolling on yeah. <laughs> social media. I mean, that's something where I, I would 
<clears throat> choose to be more productive with my time, even if I'm just relaxing. So that's something I know you and I have definitely been talking about recently and, and slowly getting better. I mean, yeah. no one's perfect, but no. like we have routines in our calendar and we have like yeah. kind of friendly nudges back and forth. Cause we both get stuck in those mindless scrolls yeah. and yeah. like we've even got to the, I mean, feel like we're really good about, okay, let's one watch one episode if there's something we want to watch. Mm -hmm. And then we turn it off and kind of fumble through the rest of our nightly routine yeah. from there, but we're getting better. Yeah. I think just the structure of it is getting better, but I mean, something that's, it sounds silly, but like, honestly, <laughs> cleaning gives me a really nice, just flip of the switch, you yeah. know, to where I'm completely like relaxed. I think, um, it helps me just control my environment, I guess it's a, maybe it's just like a control freak thing. But <laughs> well, no, I think it's just something like, like you said, like <clears throat> there's a part of you that enjoys mm -hmm. that and yeah. call I, it either nesting or just house stuff or anything like that. Yeah. It, it really is just like mindless work to me and it helps me just to, yeah. again, it's the silence in the car. It's the turning off the brain. Like I can turn off my brain when I'm cleaning you know, just listen to music or whatever. Mm -hmm. And those are the points, you know, if I'm not with Xander that I'm really just like decompressing and, um, you know, relaxing and that's, yeah. that's my piece or especially now with the weather being so nice, Ugh, just being outside. able to like get outside and go for walks and yeah. just really enjoying like the, where we live. I mean, I feel like in the past I haven't taken advantage of, you know, this amazing place that many, many people are flooding too. Yeah. And we're like, what well, the heck? Spoiler alert, it's not easy to go on a walk in the middle of winter when it's sub 30 degrees. Oh yeah. So I mean, that, when the sun shines out and even when it's 40, you're like, okay, I can do this. Exactly. Yeah. It's much better when it's a beautiful, gorgeous day. So yeah. I, I'm definitely wanting to take more advantage of the weather, the nice weather we have and just being able to take Xander on hikes and bike rides and park, park time. And yeah, I, it's just so important for me to get outside and to just like be in nature, be in God's creation. Yeah. Like he created this for us for a reason to enjoy it and to like, you know, be fulfilled in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we just don't take advantage of. And I want Xander to grow up in I want his childhood to look like that, you know, yeah. being outdoors. Like obviously there's a time and place for other things, technology, whatever, you know. But I, I want to like go places with him. I mean, we've taken him so many places already. And he's traveled a lot more than I had the he's first <laughs> 15 years, 18 years, probably 20 years of my life. So yeah, exactly. he's, already, mean, he's already been overseas. Yeah. He's already been to Texas and California. And so, yeah. So I think pretty cool. Yeah. It's and for you and me, it's important to, yeah. you know, have him experience these things, even if he's not going to necessarily remember them, yeah. we're going to talk about it later on in life. And hopefully that helps him to have this bug of travel and getting yeah. out and exploring and experiencing. Well, I know? think that's, that's big because even before, I mean, I've, I've been very transparent about this, but before we moved to Portland, like I could have given two shits about traveling and going new places and getting out of Coeur d'Alene because I mean, probably to a fault because it's so beautiful here, but yeah until we moved to Portland, there was zero drive. Yeah. And now I'm like, wow, there's so much like mm -hmm. we've gone to, we've gone to Hawaii and I, we want to go back and 
we lived in Portland, we've gone to like Seattle, we go to California, we've gone to Texas, like we've gone overseas and like all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We've gone to Philadelphia, which is really yeah. cool. And so it's like, go back. all of that would have been me yeah. before we went to Portland. Like I would have probably done it, but it was never a drive. And now it's like, okay, no, like how can we continue to do this? Yeah. Especially with Xander and, mm-hmm. and when we have more kids, like that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So, well, um, I think it's a great conversation. There's definitely a lot more we could yeah. talk about. Um, <laughs> Stick around so, for uh, to be continued. Yeah, <laughs> some some part twos. Uh-huh. Um, so I always have a couple random questions um, to ask you. So those will be a little bit off the off the hip. Okay. Um, so if you if you met yourself, fifteen year old you, mm-hmm. um, what's and you had five minutes with them, right. what's one piece of advice? that you would give her? Jeez. <sighs> oh my gosh. Um, probably just, and it's so hard like when you are a teen to not care what everyone else is thinking. Mm, preach. But gosh, I would, I would try so hard to drive that into my 15 year old self. Yeah. Like stop caring. Yeah. <laughs> like obviously care, but. Well, there's a difference between like caring and like letting it overwhelm you. Yeah, exactly. Don't let it r- rule your life, you know? Yeah. There's so, there's so much influence at that time in my life that I had that directed me in certain ways that wasn't necessarily of me. Yeah. It was more like expectation and what I thought people wanted me to do, that it it really directed, you know, the things in my life. And at that age, you really don't have a lot of clarity. Like you don't really know yourself, you know, you're getting to know yourself and all that kind of stuff. But I honestly would would take more chances, you know, getting it like 15, that's like getting into high school midway through, Gosh, I would have done so many more things. I was very afraid to step out of my bubble. Like I had my friend circle. I had my church friend circle, you know. You were, yeah, it was it was safe. It was comfort, the yeah, comfort zone, all I of think, that. I um, think just stepping out and like doing other things, whether that were, that was sports yeah. or, cause I, I loved sports in high school. I was huge into sports. Like I loved volleyball, golf, you know, a lot of things. I feel like I'm just a little bit more athletically enabled, but, um, I was definitely afraid to take chances. Like I really wanted to do, um, what's the thing where girls do football? Just, I mean, it's just, it's just football. No, but there's like a time in the year where Oh, wasn't it called like powder puff? Powder puffs. Yes. I think that's more of just like what it's called, but it's just football. It's but, flag football. Yeah, it's flag football for girls. But I really wanted to do that. And I felt so self-conscious about yeah. being out there, you know, and doing this because I just had some bad experiences with people in high school and how I was perceived yeah. and that kind of stuff. Just very introverted and not a lot of confidence. So all that being said, I would tell Kelsey, like, just do it you aren't going to know these people in five years. You're not going to care. You're not going to care. Like people go their opposite ways. And honestly, people are worried about their own life as a lot more more than they're worried about you more than yours. Yeah. 
So even to this day, I tell myself that I'm like, if I want to go do something or be someone or, you know, try this thing out, like most people don't honestly care. Yeah. And if, even if they say they do, they don't really, they're, everyone is, I mean, we all have this sin or burden of being, you know, more selfish or inward facing, but like, gosh, you only have one life. (laughs) Do what you want to do, you know, stop trying to please other people. And even if like, I love my mom and dad so much, but even if it's like parents who are, you know, pressuring you or make, you know, just kind of having you go in certain directions and you'd really don't want to, just talk with them and, yeah. you know, try to like start that conversation. But yeah, that's what I would say. I'd say okay. that to her. Last question. Okay. What, if you had a conversation with yourself mm-hmm. 20 years down the road, so your older self now, mm-hmm. what would be something that you hope like they say, or they thank you for? Like what's something that like, what does older Kelsey hope that you achieve? Mm. I, I really hope in 20 years, what would that be for 50? I'm 30 now. It'd be, it'd be 50. <laughs> I didn't say it. You said 50 years old. <laughs> um, I, I would hope that 50 year old Kelsey would tell me that you, you really did decide to, you know, live by life by your terms. You know, obviously, you know, you have to look out for your family and your marriage and all of this, but like I, took chances and I did things that I was afraid of. And yeah, I think I would love to see that I actually did, you know, make a difference in people's lives. I think a lot of the time we're going about doing our jobs or whatever, raising kids and, um, doing this kind of stuff, but like knowing that my efforts actually did make a difference would be something I would love to hear, you know, and you know, maybe I'll never know. But it, it is nice to know that, you know. Just have those small reminders. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I would just like to see that I actually did more things. Yeah. And as I get, you know, gain more confidence, especially being a mom now, I feel like I have mom confidence and I'm able to do a lot more things than I could have ever done. <laughs> yeah. Your mom AF. Yeah. Mom AF. It's, it's, a, it's a superpower, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Cause once you have kids, you, you become a mama bear and you can do a lot more things for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'd say that, you know, I, I just don't want to be afraid of my life. I, I, w- I seriously do want to try and live it to the best that I can. And I think that's an especially important role we need to model for our kids. So. For sure. Yeah. Well, we're done. Wow. Yeah. It was fun. over an hour, which is really cool. Hey, so we did it. Very pillow talk esque of us. I know, but this is a little bit more professional. <laughs> yeah. So this will be out into the world and forever in the interwebs. Oh. I mean, our other pillow talks were too. They were on Facebook. So we'll, well yeah. Those are, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you're not you're don't have a lot of like business going through your social media accounts. No. But you're TikTok famous, <laughs> in a way. Oh, plug. <laughs> you just like doing videos, and they're really good and funny. So I think they're fun. Um. Yeah. I mean, is there any last words or anything that you want to share or? Um, not really. I mean, I, it's just been nice to kind of, I mean, just even for you and me, you know, we don't really like sit down and talk about these things. Yeah. 
this is a very unique way to have a conversation, which is, is kind of why I was excited about it. It's like, yeah, yeah we have conversations privately, but yeah. it's a new dynamic right. when you're recording it and sharing it with the world. Exactly. So. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone out there to, who is, you know, married or in a relationship. I mean, you should talk to your spouse about these types of things, you know, like what drives them? What, how do they think they're a high achiever? How do they flip the switch? Even if you think, you know, it's nice to hear perspective from the yeah, person for sure. is, that's closest to you, you know? Yeah. And so being in the setting and just being able to do this has been really nice. And I think it gives your, your spouse will give you a lot of grace, you know, when they, when they're reminded of the things that drive you, you yeah. know, and that really, um, push you forward in life. So it's just been fun. And again, you are a great, um, interviewer. I think you're doing an awesome job with this. I'm excited just to hear it and to hear more future podcasts with all these wonderful people you have in your life. Yeah. So. Well, it's been fun and yeah, it's most like a, a passion project right now. So we'll see how it goes. We'll um, see. But yeah. Thanks for joining everyone. Um, I'm not sure when this will be released, but thanks for listening and catch you next time. Bye.